1: Welcome to Laying the Points, a road of his podcast brought to you by my bookie. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. And I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, how's everything going?
2: It's going well. Two weeks ago, I had a rough week and I called my bounce back. I went over 500. I didn't go 5 and or 4-1. and one, But, uh, you know, you take the wins where you can get them. And uh, we're hopping into week five now with a bunch of, like, low-scoring games with awful quarterbacks. How exciting. Hey,
1: three and two every week. Sign me up for that. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, <laughs> sign me up for three and two every single week. Uh, Before we move on to week five, uh, I want to remind you guys about Rotoviz Patreon. Sign up to Patreon, get exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash road radio. All right, Thursday night football. Pretty good game this week. Los Angeles Rams on the road in Seattle. Seattle is favored by one, and we have a 49.5 point total. I'm a little disappointed in this spread. I was hoping the Rams would be road favorites but they had to go out and get stomped by Tampa Bay last week so that's pretty much taken away all the line value for me in this contest I think that the, the Seahawks are probably the correct side but I would have much rather grabbed them as a home underdog than having to lay even at just a point I think is a big difference
2: yeah I agree like I think if, if uh that game just even if it's not so ugly maybe uh the Rams game against the Buccaneers if that game just isn't so ugly, maybe they can still lose that. But in a more reasonable fashion, they kind of looked like they looked pretty bad. though. Their defense just was not even close to capable of stopping like Chris Godwin, who was their only weapon at some point. because Mike Evans actually went out with a hand injury. Like it was very obvious what they were going to have to do to move the ball. And the Rams just could not stop them. So I don't know. They looked they didn't look like a great football team, honestly. And I think a lot of their scoring came because Tampa Bay's defense is bad and they were kind of forced into throwing a lot on this bad defense. So they're they're playing catch up. It didn't uh, seem like the closest game. They they sort of got the, the backdoor, backdoor score at the end to make it not look as bad. But yeah, I'm not—I'd uh, take the Seahawks here maybe a little more confidently than you would. But yeah, I would have liked it to have turned out differently and make this line a little better.
1: Yeah, I continue to believe that the Rams are a bit fraudulent. I mean, we talked during our preseason shows about how even though they finished with a great record last year— there was a good, you know, six to eight week stretch in the middle middle of the season where they were not covering any single spread. And if you look at their results so far this year, they struggled week one against a Panthers team that was dealing with, you know, a lot of injuries with Cam Newton. Uh, they got lucky against the Saints with the whole Teddy Bridgewater having to come in for Drew Brees without any sort of preparation. They played a close game against the Cleveland Browns team that couldn't stop shooting itself in the foot and then they got stomped by Tampa Bay. So, I think that this Rams team is definitely overvalued at the moment. So, yeah, that's why, you know, I was saying if I could get this, you know, I think their line opened up Rams minus 3 on the road, you know, the look ahead line. If we were still getting that kind of value, I'd be all over Seattle, but I still think you can bet them uh laying just
2: one point. Yeah, I, I very much agree. And I, I you've, you've sold me. I was like lukewarm on the, the Rams might be overrated. Like I could see both sides of the argument. Now I'm very much sold on that side. I guess the line seems to have corrected a little bit, but I'm excited to get them. Uh, I don't know who they play next week, but they might be end up being overvalued there depending on this game goes.
1: All right, let's get to another team that's overrated at the moment, in my opinion. We're starting with the Sunday one o'clock games. We've got the Baltimore Ravens favored by three and a half in Pittsburgh. The total here is and a half. and a half. So I'm not sure why everyone thinks the Ravens are so good, uh, you know, and I'm guilty of it myself, but they came out and throttled Miami in week one, who may be the worst NFL team that's ever been assembled. Then they lose to the Chiefs. They or they or First, they play a close game against the Cardinals, who might be the second worst football team ever assembled. Just kidding. I love you, Kyler Mary. But still not an impressive performance from them. And then last week they get stomped by the Cleveland Browns. So I'm just I I'm I'm really thinking this team is overrated right now. Pittsburgh to me looked good. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph, he was a little bit of a check down machine against the Bengals, but you know what? They moved the ball. So I think that Pittsburgh is a pretty nice value here getting three and a half. These games between the Ravens and the Steelers are always close. I think that the Steelers are, are being a little bit disrespected right now.
2: My only concern with that is the Steelers look pretty darn bad through three weeks. And to be fair to them, they lost their quarterback in one of those. And then they had a second year quarterback who got no action in his first season uh, in his first start. So yeah, the, like the odds have been stacked very much against them since the start of the season. But like. Could the Bengals just be truly awful? Like, could this win be meaningless? The Bengals are, like, I'm starting to think they're in contention. I mean, obviously they are. They're 0-4. But I'm starting to think they will be, like, a Tier 2 bad team right behind Washington and Miami.
1: It's possible. But they also have had their moments, you know, like, they were competitive against Seattle. And, you know, the 49ers, maybe they're good. Who knows? And they only lost that game by four. So, outside of getting stomped by New England in week 1, they've played a lot of, you know, close competitive games and then they beat Cincinnati. So, I think that the defense for the Steelers is really good. You know, they have a, a pretty good pair of pass rushers in Bud Dupree and uh TJ Watt on the outside. So, I think that they can uh, I think that they can do a good job against this Ravens offense that has kind of started to look a bit disappointing. So, Another yeah, I will say the Ravens. Grind.
2: Uh, the Ravens' offense is definitely trending down because when you start against Miami, it's easy to look hot. So I think, uh, if you still think we're getting like an overvalued Ravens just from that point, I think they're still probably the best, maybe the best team, if not, you know, clearly the second best team in this division. But uh, if you think we're getting too much, uh, too much juice on the Ravens because of their hot start, I think it's very reasonable to uh, back the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Yeah,
1: the the Ravens D is just not as good as we all expected. And I think maybe that, maybe that changes when they get Jimmy Smith back, but they're, they're hemorrhaging yards. They're hemorrhaging points right now. So I'm not really worried about the Steelers ability to move the ball on them. And I think that they can, you know, shut down this Ravens offense, not shut down, but at least contain this Ravens offense. Uh, Another thing to keep in mind, Pittsburgh right now is getting. Uh, just 50% of the bets, but those bets account for 66% of the money. So some early sharp activity it looks like coming in on Pittsburgh. I would grab this line now before it dips you know, to three or even under three potentially. All right, London game. Always fun to talk about a London game because how the hell do you handicap these things? Uh, and the NFL didn't even give us the the benefit of playing this game at like 9 a.m. Eastern time. Like they're just going to throw it right in the middle with what seems like a hundred other 1 p.m. NFL, uh, you know, Eastern time game. So we could basically just ignore this one, but we do have the Bears. They're favored by five and a half points versus the Raiders. The total on this game is 40 and a half. I guess the big question here is how much do you believe in the Raiders and how much do you have to downgrade the Bears offense, if at all? with Chase Daniel under center as compared to Mitchell Trubisky?
2: I still want to say you should downgrade them, but to be fair to, I don't know if it's fair to Chase Daniel or just realistic about Mitchell Trubisky, like he hasn't, like, it's that's a fair argument to say that really, like, Mitchell Trubisky hasn't looked like he's been able to add really anything to this offense. So I still, like, my, my heart and everything about me says, like, you should always downgrade a team when they have Chase Daniel under center. He doesn't have a lot of reps in the NFL, but he's thrown... Uh, a two 2.7% uh, touchdown rate and well under uh, 6.5 even adjust yards per attempt. Like, he is the iconic career backup, like, sub-level game manager. So, I still, like, everything in my mind says you should downgrade them, but maybe not as much as you think. Then the Raiders have outperformed expectations a bit. So, I kind of want to back the Raiders here. But, yeah, it is pretty hard to handicap these London games.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least the Raiders, I believe, did play a London game last year. So you would think that they maybe are a little bit more prepared for the situation than the Bears players will be. If I was taking a side in this game, it would be the Raiders, but I don't feel particularly good either way. All right, next game, Slopfest here. Arizona Cardinals, they are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three. We have a 47 and a half point total. So I think I'm officially waving the white flag on the
2: Cardinals, Kyle. No, I'm getting on because I wasn't nearly as on the Cardinals as you were last week. Uh, I, I will bring you back on. They're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are so bad, but the Cardinals are so bad. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> bad,
1: but <laughs> they're, they're so both bad. so bad. They don't have Christian Kirk this week. Like, I am very worried. A team that loves to throw the ball that that wants to throw the ball as much as the Cardinals do. Like, they might have the most disgusting group of pass catchers I've ever seen right now
2: wait, wait, can I introduce you to the Cincinnati Bengals pass catchers? Because they are ironically in a very similar situation. They're one of the more pass-heavy teams in the NFL, and they're losing their, like, biggest playmaker. I mean, it's actually shockingly similar. Wow, geez, these teams are, they have passed the ball, Cincinnati 72.3% of the time, uh, and then Arizona 70.5% of the time, both of them top three in the NFL in passing attempt percentage. Uh, I think, though, John Ross has added a lot more, significantly more, to cincinnati than christian kirk has to arizona john john ross per the road of his screener 15 fantasy points over expectation and sure it's fantasy points but it's basically just a, me- a measure of outproducing uh, expect expectations in terms of yards and touchdowns so it's not like wildly different from say expected points uh, just like raw expected points uh, tied six in the NFL in 20-yard receptions, and half of their TDs have come from John Ross. Like, I think it's fair to say those numbers are probably coming down anyways, but now for sure they are not going to have that playmaker. And I don't know how much this factors into like how it handicap this game. I just think it's funny that all of their receivers, which are only like four that are active right now, run four fives or slower.
1: Yeah, I mean, you make, you make a pretty compelling point. <laughs> come they back are, one more time. Dipsy they toes are facing the a lot of the same problems that the Cardinals are. Here's what's going to swing it for me. Right now, the public wants nothing to do with Cincinnati. They're getting just 27% of the betting tickets. And here's an interesting little trend for you. Teams receiving less than 30% of the bets one week after scoring less than 10 points in a game, 148, 94, and four against this red. So that's a pretty tasty win rate right there for that trend.
2: It's also like a pretty, that's a very oddly niche uh, set of like parameters, but with like a large enough sample that I certainly think there's credence to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. If you look that bad offensively, I would imagine that a lot of the time you're going to receive less than 30% of the bets because the public's not going to want to bet on you. So I would imagine this applies a lot of the time when you have a team that, that has a bad offensive week like the Bengals just did. So that's enough to steer me on Cincinnati, but you have cooled me down a little bit. I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to to ease off. I was probably going to put Cincinnati in my five pack, but now I think I will exercise a little bit of caution. All right, I want to talk to you guys for a second about fashion. Nothing looks better on a man than a suit that fits perfectly. I'm far from a male model, and you can take my word for that. I know that my voice is... Incredibly sexy.
2: It's luscious. It's luscious.
1: But I am far from a male model in person. But when I put on a suit, I walk up to the bar and I feel like James friggin' Bond. That's where Indochino comes in. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. They are the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for that perfect fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under 400 bucks. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in 2 weeks. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of 399 or more at indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus shipping is free. We need to step our game up, guys. Let's get these, let's get these, uh, you know, beautiful fitted shirts, these sport jackets, these suits, and let's get out there feeling like a million bucks. Let's talk uh, Jaguars and Carolina Panthers, two teams, you know, with backup quarterbacks, but have played well recently. Panthers are favored by three and a half points here at home, and we have a 41 point total. So, do you like my man Gardner Minshew or do you like Kyle Allen here? What's, what are the, uh, the thought process?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I'm pretty on, I'm totally on Gardner Minshew and this uh, might be another one where I'm playing with my heart, but also like his stats have looked incredible. And he was like, uh, I don't want to say a dominant college producer cause he definitely gets that Washington state system bump, but like no. he put up numbers in college and has just continued to do so. He's top 10 in true passer rating and uh, he's top 10 in deep ball completion, like adjusted yards per attempt he's 11th he's like he has done everything you would expect an above average starting level quarterback to be whereas Kyle Allen has a much smaller sample and it's pretty mixed results his best game came against the Cardinals like we just talked about how incredibly bad they are like I I find there to be so much variance with uh with the Carolina Panthers whereas I'm actually pretty convinced that the Jacksonville Jaguars are at least all right I feel like this line's a bit disrespectful to them
1: yeah I mean that one play that Minshew made where he like Climbed up in the pocket near the goal line. He made a couple guys miss. And then he found uh, Rykel Armstead in, in the end zone. Like, that was the play of an NFL starting caliber quarterback.
2: That was some Aaron Rodgers
1: stuff. That was amazing. This guy can play. Uh I don't care that he was a six-round pick. Like, the dude can play. I- I'm firmly in that camp. So, I think they're the side here. I mean, again, this is not a, a game that I feel overly confident in but I do think that I feel much confident, much more confident betting uh, Minshew right now than I do Kyle Allen, who um, was not nearly as impressive last week as he was versus the Arizona Cardinals, which I guess is to be expected. All right, let's talk another uh, young quarterback here. We've got the Minnesota Vikings. They're favored by five in New York against Danny Dimes. The total on this game is 43.5, and I've seen enough. I'm in on Danny Dimes.
2: I don't blame you, man. He looks good. And like, I, I am, I don't know. I just, I never want to back the Vikings because of their style of play. I don't know if they're like prepared to be in a situation where they have to throw a lot. So like, should they go down early? Like, I don't know if they have any chance of coming back just because of the style they want to play. So I think like the, the Giants have a lot of outs to, to cover this. So I kind of like the Giants here too.
1: Yeah. I mean, we know how you want to attack this Giants defense. You want to beat their cornerbacks. You want to beat them through the air. Their secondary stinks. They've made quarterbacks look great all season outside of, you know, Dwayne Haskins, who looked really, really unprepared in his uh, first NFL action. So that doesn't sound like the type of matchup that the Vikings are going to exploit. You know, they don't want to beat you with their passing game. They want to establish the run. And the Giants are merely middle of the pack in terms of rush defense. Like they haven't been that bad in terms of the running backs that they faced. And they have faced some good ones, you know. They face Zeke Elliott, so uh, I think that this is a uh, a game where the Giants present uh, a pretty good value here, getting five points at home. I'm in. I'm in on it. And they they get uh, Golden tape back this week, I believe. So they just do. A... Yeah, they
2: get Golden tape back. They cut Benny Fowler, and I think Darius Thank Slayton God. maybe to get get room for him.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's another weapon to give. Uh, Danny Dimes, a.k.a. the greatest quarterback in New York history. Let's let's get another dub. If the Giants win this game, man, that playoff buzz is going to start building around here. I can feel it already. All right, next game, we've got the New England Patriots favored by 15 on the road against the Washington Redskins. The total on this game is 42 and a half. Uh, I think you know me by now, Kyle. You know that I don't bet like big double-digit favorites. I'm making an exception this week with the Patriots. Yes,
2: I'm so glad. So I was like, "You better join me in on this."
1: The Washington Redskins are not going to be able to move the ball on this on this team. I don't care if they start Case Keenum, who is apparently in a walking boot. I really don't care if they start Dwayne Haskins, and I really, really don't care if they start Colt McCoy. Like whoever is under center for the Redskins is has no shot against this defense. They still have allowed one touchdown defensively all year, and it came on a fourth down sneak to Josh Allen. The only concern here is can the Patriots score enough points? They didn't look great last week against the Bills, but the Bills have a pretty good defense. Tom Brady was a little bit hobbled. I don't think they'll have nearly the same problems against Washington. As long as they get to like 24 points, I don't see how, how Washington can go for this spread.
2: Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have, like, said it better. I couldn't have said it better myself. The the Redskins have just been bleeding points to offenses that I think, outside of, like, maybe the Cowboys and the Eagles, like, the past two offenses, really, they played 24 and 31 points against the Bears and against the Giants. Like, obviously, we expect Tom Brady and the Patriots to be better than those two offenses, and I would still say they're probably better than at least one of the Cowboys and the Eagles, if not both. Uh, Like, yeah, they've given up so many points, and like you said, they're not scoring points. They— Patriots are going to get twenty-four. I don't know if the Redskins are going to get on the board. So yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. Just that the defense is going to destroy whoever starts at quarterback. And honestly, like Jared Stidham might be able to might be able to finish them off.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't throw another backdoor pick six to to cover the game. So that was brutal.
2: That was brutal.
1: Uh, here's another uh game where we could be getting a, a a team that just cannot score any points, and that's the New York Jets. They're headed to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Eagles are favored by thirteen and a half points, and we have a forty-two and a half point total. This is another game where like if it's gonna be Luke Falk again at quarterback, you have to take the Eagles, I think.
2: Oh yeah. I, I would not uh like would not on my life ever bet the Luke Falk back Jets the only question is, like, do you have any any lean if Donald's coming back? Because they're saying he's progressing well, that he might have a chance to play. Uh, like, I think basically if he plays, you're guaranteeing yourself a victory here. I can't imagine. Right now, they're throwing uh 4.2 yards per attempt. Like, there is that's like that would probably be like one of the worst yards per attempt for a team in like NFL history, I have to imagine, at least since like the 80s. I expect Sam Darnold to come back uh when he does and be an immediate boon to this offense. So if it happens this week, uh, I think right now the line is priced as if that's not happening. Maybe they know something I don't, or maybe it's just uh, like a a mispricing, I guess. It doesn't factor in that uh, upside for the Jets. What do you think?
1: I would say that the odds of him playing are very slim. He still has yet to be cleared for contact, was the last report that I read, even though he did practice today. But he's probably lost some weight because of this illness. And he is still vulnerable to a more significant injury if he takes a big hit. And playing behind the Jeff, the Jets' offensive line, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, like, they should exercise extreme caution with this guy. Uh, you know, like, they invested the number three pick in him. This team is going nowhere this year. So I don't think he should play if there's even a chance that he could, you know, sustain a, a spleen injury or whatever the, the, the big concern is with Mono. So I would say the odds of him playing are probably like 20% or less.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I'd put it somewhere in that range. I'd probably could put it closer to 25 or 30, but that's, I mean, we're just speculating on this. I also do think, I mean, I know that this fits the trend of uh, what is, I think it was uh, home favorites of 14 or more with low totals. Like it is hard to cover these large amounts when you don't have a super high total. So I think uh, this is, I kind of think that there are a lot of ways for the Jets like, Just this could be a low scoring game and they just lose by, I don't know, 10, 11, like that could happen. So I I kind of want to back the Jets in this, given that the upside is that Sam Darnold plays and I feel pretty good about myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely less interested in this bet than I was with the Patriots, you know, despite the fact that the Eagles are at home and the Jets offense could be just as bad as the Redskins, but the Eagles are not the same team as the Patriots. So I, I, I get those concerns uh, I also do think that, you know, Philadelphia is coming off of that mini buy, you know, where they they played on Thursday. So they have 10 days, even though the Jets are coming off of a full buy. It doesn't give them the same advantage in terms of rest that you would normally see for a bye week team. So um, just another reason why I'm sort of leaning towards the Eagles. I get your points with the Jets. I just can't do it after watching Luke Falk play. I can't I can't do it to myself again. Let's talk about shipping. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time consuming, expensive. You've got so many different carriers to choose from. How do you know that you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. You can even manage it from your cell phone, which is always an appealing option for somebody like me. I pretty much have my phone like I'm debating getting it surgically just attached to my hand at this point. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They offer big discounts. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you are getting the best deal. That's why ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Right now, laying the points, listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. Start your free trial without even entering a credit card. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. I wanted to be sure to emphasize the the P there make ship happen, you know. I don't want to get flagged on uh, iTunes, Kyle.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a big a big calling card. You can listen to this with the kids, kids in the car. I'm sure they'll pick up a lot of knowledge and make some money. Your kids got to get your kids get your kids on my bookie early. Is what I've always said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, next game. This is another one that I'm interested in. I think that this is a prime overreaction spot. We've got the Tampa Bay Bucks at home against the New Orleans Saints. Saints are only favored by three, and we have a 46.5 total. So, what this spread is telling me, Kyle, is that the Bucks and the Saints are, are basically even right now, uh, and New Orleans is a team that you can make a case deserves more than three points for home field advantage. So, this line might even be saying that Tampa Bay is better than New Orleans, and I just can't get behind that. New Orleans just beat Dallas, which to me is way more impressive than what Tampa Bay did against the Rams. I know that they look good in that contest, but I already mentioned that I think that the Rams are are kind of a fraud. They really struggled to block in that contest. I don't know why the Saints aren't favored by more. I am backing the Saints minus 3.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree, especially like I, I agree that if you put these two teams on a neutral stadium, I don't think there's like I I would easily back the Saints. So for me, th- what this says is is that I should be betting the Saints here. I think I doubted Teddy Bridgewater when he came in, but it looks like the system around him is setting him up to succeed. So for me, uh, it's pretty easily this team. And I think, uh, like you said, people saw what the Bucs did uh, to what we think of as an uh, overrated, I'd say, Rams team, and they're going to be backing that. I am on the Saints for sure.
1: All right. Another interesting one here. We've got the Atlanta Falcons headed to Houston. They're taking on the Texans. Texans are favored by five. Always a weird, weird line when you get that five-point range. Uh, the total here is 48 and a half. I am completely done with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not wagering on them this year until they get, you know, start getting treated like uh, a, a really like one of the, the dregs of the league because that's what they are right now. They can't stop anybody. They made Marcus Mariota look like Aaron Rodgers in the last game. And their offense is not the same explosive unit that we thought we were going to see that we had become accustomed to seeing with them. So I will take the Texans. Uh, the, I don't feel like this is a, a, a must bet type of game. You know, the Texans are a very public team right now. Uh, the, the Falcons are seeing some sharp activity actually, but. I just can't back on, you know, what I think is a team where the offense is deteriorating and the defense we knew was already going to be pretty bad.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Man, RIP to the Falcons. They they look pretty bad. Their defense, like you said, can't stop anyone. And I think I can actually kind of expect Deshaun Watson to improve going forward. He's throwing touchdowns at an extremely low rate for himself right now, below 5%, despite the fact that that's sort of been one of his calling cards in the league. He's been throwing touchdowns at a high rate. Normally, I mean, touchdowns are not very sticky, but I do think with some players, like, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, it's reasonable to expect that he throws above average touchdown rates. I'm fine with putting Deshaun Watson in that category of expecting, you know, above average touchdowns. So I think this offense will improve. And I mean, did you see the clip of him breaking down that defense? Guys, it's done. I mean, he like, I I expect this offense to improve going forward. I I kind of want to take them too. I just, like you said, though, it might just be my bias, but I've been bitten by the Falcons too much.
1: All right. Speaking of biases. Let's get into the Sunday 4 o'clock games. We've got my favorite team, the Denver Broncos, at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are favored by 6.5. And and once again, I am taking the Denver Broncos.
2: You have to stop this. You can't keep doing
1: it. Uh, You know, like, the Broncos, to me, we've talked about overrated teams. I think the Broncos fall into that underrated team category at this point. Like, they were a roughing the passer call away from winning two games now. They've played all their games tight, and I just don't think that the Chargers are a particularly good squad right now. So I think six and a half is is probably too many. Um, I'm going to stop myself from wagering real money on Denver because they've cost me already a bunch this season, but I I I think, Mike, on the surface, I can't help it. I think this is too many points.
2: I, I don't blame you. It is a lot of points for a team that, like, I think we'd pick their defense to be good. Honestly, Joe Flacco has gone out and that looked awful, but I, I kind of just tend to think that, like, they are who I thought they were. They're a pretty bad team. So uh, I, I, this won't be in my pick five. I don't have a strong lead on this one because it would be a lot for them to get, uh, like, I don't want to say blown out, but it's, it's a lot to cover for them. So not in my pick five, but if I had to take a side on this, I'm taking the Chargers. I think – uh Joe Flacco and the Broncos are up there for another one of the league's worst teams outside of like the tier one premium awful teams like Miami and Washington.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair, but they were up like, what was it, 24 to 8 against Jacksonville, something like that. And they were up on Chicago and lost on a late field goal too. Now granted, both of those games were at home and this game is on the road, but the Chargers have probably the worst home field advantage in football. So I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm going to end up putting money on the Broncos. And we'll be doing the same thing again next week. You'll be trying to tell me that I'm crazy when I back the Broncos against whoever they're playing. All right, this might be my favorite game of the week. Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is favored by three and a half, and we have a 47-point total. So this line is basically saying that these two teams are equal. I don't think you'll get a ton of disagreement on that point from most people but I do think if you look at what Dallas has done we may have been guilty of overhyping them you know like they beat the giants they beat the dolphins and they beat the redskins i believe where are there three wins and then their offense looked really mediocre against the saints now we've got the packers who yes they they just looked really bad against the eagles but That game was on Thursday. Rodgers has a little bit of extra rest for this contest versus the Cowboys. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers in the regular season with at least 10 days of rest, 14-5 and 2 against the spread, including 4-1 as an underdog. So I really buy this Packer defense despite what just happened to them against the Eagles. I still buy Aaron Rodgers. He's not as good as he was during his prime, but I think that they're the superior team versus the Cowboys. Give me the Packers getting three and a half points.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that. I guess you being the veteran, how much would you weigh Devonte Adams? I don't know if he's been ruled out yet, but almost assuredly not playing. I don't know how much faith I have in like Geronimo Allison, Marcus Maddox, Scantling, something called Alan Lazard. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if if there were ever a quarterback who probably didn't need the weapons around him to be good, it, it might be Aaron Rodgers. But I am concerned that might they might just not be able to move the ball very much.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's a concern. Uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I've always kind of felt that Devontae Adams was overrated and a byproduct of Aaron Rodgers, but it is a pretty poor group of receivers behind him. I mean, at least he has some chemistry with Valdez Gantling and Geronimo Allison. Like, I think that those guys plus, you know, Aaron Jones slash Jamal Williams in the backfield, like, that at least gives him something to throw to. Uh, I'm never willing to ma- have a wide receiver injury, make like too much of an impact on the spread. I might say like half a point for Adams.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair, especially like with, uh, I think for the Colts, for me, I'd be much more concerned. I am more concerned with T.Y. Hilton out, uh, cause I don't know how much Jacob Brissett, who, you know, we'll talk about later can do without those weapons. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's hard to be concerned when one of his weapons goes out. Cause he's Aaron Rodgers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't don't have a strong lean on this game, at least as much as you do, but I I still think, you know, I raised that point to talk about it. I still think I'm taking Green Bay here. Probably not my pick five again, but uh, I, I like the Packers here as well.
1: All right, at laying the points, we are firm believers that nothing enhances a game like putting a few bucks on it. Seriously, some of these Thursday night football and Monday night football games this year are borderline unwatchable, but it won't feel that way when you're personally invested. I had a few, you know, player props and different things going in that Bengals-Steelers game. Nothing else in the world mattered to me at that time. All I cared about was that game between the crappy Bengals and the slightly less crappy Steelers. Regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. That's where you need to be getting your action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, Try a parlay, for example, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, maybe, you know, the Patriots and the Eagles, for example, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football, and the MLB playoffs in full swing, hockey and basketball are right around the corner. I think hockey actually starts tonight. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. If you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Sunday Night Football Uh, This game was a lot more appealing before last week, but we've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 11, 56 and a half is the total. Uh, You mentioned the injury to T.Y. Hilton, like, that really torpedoed the Colts, I thought. And it's hard to see a scenario where they cover versus Kansas City if he's out of the lineup.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Also, for what it's worth, a guy who's been making plays for them, Marlon Mack, uh, also, did not practice today when we're recording this on Wednesday, so it's it's like I'm not sure where they're going to produce really much of any offense. And on top of that, Jacoby Brissett throwing touchdowns at a 7.2% rate, trailing only Lamar Jackson. When you look at the top touchdown passers, they're all well over a thousand yards. Then sits Jacoby Brissett at 900. Like the rate he's throwing touchdowns at relative to his pass attempts, relative to the yards that he's been producing, is like incredibly unsustainable. I don't know, like it's a large total to cover. I would still take the Chiefs here. But I think this uh, this total, the total in the game is wildly inflated. I Me, mean, I get that, like you want to take the Chiefs, but they could still score, they could still score thirty, and the Colts not even come close to hitting their implied team total of like twenty three, depending on your bookie. So, yeah, I, I kind of want to really slam the under on this one, and then if I have to take a side, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, my only concern with the total is I don't see any scenario where the Chiefs score less than thirty. So, like. If we give them, you know, 31, 34 points, something in that ballpark, and let's say they get up big on the Colts, there could definitely be some, some garbage time, backdoor covering opportunities, backdoor scoring opportunities for the Colts in this game. So that's my only concern. Uh, a- after what Oakland did to the Colts last week, I think that you can pretty comfortably bet on the Chiefs. Like maybe even just bet the Chiefs implied total. Like they, you can do that. If you find the Chiefs line, it's gonna be around, you know, thirty-four points. I'd probably be more willing to bet that than to bet the actual total on this game.
2: Yeah, that that's sharp. I like that. Because I mean that's just basically what I was saying. Is I'm fine with the Chiefs scoring a ton of points. I don't know about the about the Colts, but yeah, I would expect the Chiefs to to outproduce that. I mean, they're just they're so good.
1: All right. Interesting Monday night game here. We've got the Cleveland Browns who May have saved their season with that big win over the Baltimore Ravens. Now they head to San Francisco to take on one of three undefeated teams in the 49ers. Raise your hand if you had that as one of as them as one of the final three undefeated teams: the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the 49ers.
2: Say I, Fran- I don't know if you called. Don't know if you called that, but uh, we have a bet going on them that I'm I'm about to lose already halfway through the season. You took their uh, took their win total, and what was it like eight even? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, we still I, have a
1: long way to go on that.
2: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, I don't want to wish ill on them, but if they don't do well, somebody else is doing well. So, yeah, hopefully they underperform to help me out. This is a tough game because, yeah, like you said, I, who would have had them as uh, pegged as one of the undefeated teams? Cleveland finally turned it around in dominant fashion. Uh, I don't have a strong lean on this one. I think I have my five picks already locked in. I kind of want to take the Browns, although you've got to be concerned. They are going to be probably without Rashard Higgins, probably without Jarvis Landry. Yeah, they'll get Antonio Callaway back, but how much can you expect from him coming off that suspension? I don't know. Is I mean, it's Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield, but is that enough to uh, to carry them across the San Francisco, especially going west for it?
1: Yeah, I mean San Francisco, they're not a team that jumps out to you as being like overly talented, but they're very good in the trenches, and football games are won and lost in the trenches all the time. So. You know, the Browns are a team that have struggled with their pass protection at times this year. If that San Francisco D-line can put some pressure on Baker Mayfield, I think that they could have the potential to to win this game by a pretty comfortable margin. Um I think that they're the side that I like here. I'm not going to bet them in my five-pack just like you aren't, but I think that, you know, like this is a nice opportunity to kind of now sell on Cleveland now that they're you know, public perception has, has come back to reality a little bit, you know, like they were considered a, a fraud, a bust. Now they're coming off of a huge win against the Ravens. This could definitely be a letdown spot against the 49ers who are coming off of a buy and who win football games, you know, in uh, in a, in a way that isn't completely obvious to the betting public. So I kind of like the 49ers here. And they may be a team that I I put some some shekels on, but they're not one of my uh, more confident picks of the week. All right, let's move on. Wrap the show up with the my five presented by my bookie. We were both three and two last week. Uh, I have a slight one game edge in the overall standings. I am ten and ten. Kyle is nine and eleven. So Kyle, I'm going to give you the honors this week, my friend. I'm going to let you uh, kick us off. Why don't you give me your five best bets for the week five slate.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll kick it off with we've got Chiefs, Colts. I'm taking the under on that game. Uh, I just feel so negatively uh, my sentiment about the Colts, and I think the, it could be very much like the Raiders where the Chiefs win by 18, and they only score 28, so they don't have to do anything else because the Colts' offense might not move. Uh, Jets, give them two touchdowns. I just kind of like the Sam Donald upside baked into this, a 20% chance that like I would call them a lock. I like that. Arizona, never get off Arizona. Take them with the points. Uh, until they lose again, then probably time to get off them. And we've got the Pats just blind bet the Patriots still on that. Didn't work last week. Almost did. I'm going to go for it again and then guard a Minshew baby. Take them with the points all day. G Minch.
1: All right. Uh, we are on like very different trains this week, which is interesting. Um, I feel like we've had a decent bit of overlap the last couple of, of weeks. So this could be a week where, uh, Maybe I widen my lead on you in the standings. Maybe uh, you take the lead from me overall. Or perhaps we both just crush and make everybody a lot of money. Uh, We both have New England. Uh, Again, I just don't see any way Washington keeps up in that game. So I'm playing the Patriots minus 15 and a half. I'd play them all the way up to like 17, maybe even higher. Uh, I'm taking Mason Rudolph and Pittsburgh as small home dogs. Give me the three and a half with them. Same goes for the New York Giants. Give me five with Daniel Jones. I like the Saints at home laying only three against a Tampa Bay team that is probably a bit overvalued after their win versus the Rams last week. And give me the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, plus three and a half off that 10 days rest against the Dallas Cowboys. So Steelers plus three and a half, Giants plus five, Pats minus 15 and a half, Saints minus three. Packers plus 3.5. Those are my five picks. I feel real good about them this week, Kyle.
2: I love it. I, I like how we're not going against each other in any of these, so despite the fact that we're not on the same teams, uh the the show could just go ten and up. I actually that's what know that's problem. It, it's not like we're it's not like we're both going to split like if I win, you have to lose. We could just make everyone all the money, which is exciting.
1: Let's just crush it.
2: Let's crush it. All right, let's let's do it.
1: All right, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in.